Welcome to the Saniac Podcast, episode five. Our sponsor today is Yes Chef. Yes Chef seeks to help people go from home cook to top chef. They're still in beta, but their Instagram is worth salivating over. Follow them at Yes Chef HQ on Instagram. We officially have launched our website and it is fucking phenomenal. I'm so pleased with the results. Very excited about it. It's still in a beta version, if you will. So be patient with us if some links don't work or it's not perfectly optimized to the phone. Um, But all of that is getting sorted out within the next week. So take a look, check it out and send us all of your harshest critiques our way. We're also on Instagram. I don't know if you guys heard from the last time, but we made quite a splash on the Insta world. We got a few cast members involved, which we'll get into during the episode um, and all that good stuff. And definitely lots of content will be going out on our Instagram. So follow it. Follow us at Staniac Podcast on Instagram and, of course, all of our other platforms as well. Twitter, Facebook. Well, you're already here. Anyways, this is Shawnee Suisa, and I'm joined by my co-host, Zach Calhoun. What's up, people? All right. What a week, Zach. Wow. I feel like this is going to be another long one. I know. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> There's this so much to too. discuss. I feel like every time what me and Zach do throughout the week is we'll just clock all the things that are going on in the challenge world and we'll jot them down and slowly, you know, we'll be sending each other messages. Oh, fuck. We have to add this on and this on. And there's just so much that happens. So it's going to be a good one today. We've got a lot of tea um, from just cast members, but also I like that we've also got tea that we ourselves can provide. You know, there's tea mm. that the Saniac podcast got involved yes, in. Yes, there is. Which is what we're both uh, really striving for here. That's a part of the reason why, you know, we'll tag cast and things like that. We want to get involved. We want people to get involved. We want there to be discussions. We're not looking to break out fights or anything, but small fights would be so nice. So if you guys have not checked it out yet, uh, Shani and I put in a lot of time coming up with what we thought were really cool and intriguing matchups on this whole old school versus new school concept. So we had talked about it on the podcast a couple weeks ago, like, well, if they did do old school versus new school, this is, this is what you could see. These are, these are the matchups that you could see. And we that kind of got our, our brains into gear. Like, wow, there's some really cool, like right down the middle or, you know, debatable, fantasy matchups that we could have so we put in a lot of work to come up with a list of those we've been working off the list and we put together uh some what i think are really just grade a content i'm, I'm speaking from an unbiased standpoint like if you like the show if i was not involved with the podcast and i and i saw the things mm. that we've been posting on facebook and on instagram of these cast member matchups with the the stat graphics on it i would be really into that and I, I think it's great content. Johnny put in a lot of work getting those graphics together and making them pop out. And we've had really good response to them so far. People seem to think that we just threw out these matchups out there, but there was a lot of thought process behind who we picked, against who, um, and so forth. So that's definitely something to keep in mind that we didn't just throw these out there, you know, because both Abe and Kyle have tattoos. Obviously, that just made for a great caption. Um, so we'll break it down each matchup um, by matchup and see, you know, and explain explain our 
our flow and our process from there. Um, so first up, we had the Battle of the Babes. This one was awesome um, because it really tied into the tea that was going on that week. So obviously, you know, we just couldn't resist putting them up against each other. Yeah, and it, it was a logical choice. Yeah. And uh, I know in my heart, there's a logical winner. It could only be the Queen, Tory Hall over uh, Nani and Jenna. That's how I feel about it. Uh, I, I don't know. How, how, did, how do you think the community felt about it as a whole? I think that was probably one of our best mashups in terms of the reaction because there were a lot of disagreements, I guess, and people just really had different opinions. And it wasn't one, oh, yeah, you know, this is an obvious choice. It's all, you know, so-and-so or it's definitely going to be this person because a lot of the other ones were like that. You know, they felt like they were just, you know, knockout winners. Um, but people really didn't put any thought into their answers for those ones that they thought were easy. And that's really, I mean, that's what we're going for is I, I think if it's a really good matchup, it will inspire debate. It will get people talking about it either way. And in particular, uh, <laughs> this first matchup we trotted out between Tori and Nani and Jenna uh, did have what I think was the most positive development of the week. Um, I made my thoughts known on this matchup. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I opened up my Facebook one day and I saw a friend request sitting in my feed from one Tory Hall that is queen, true. <laughs> and you can bet that I accepted that shit yeah that was pretty great I loved seeing that that was I mean I guess that was super exciting for you especially because you're such a Tory fan um, she knows that I respect her and and I think uh, she saw that there was a kinship there she decided to throw me that friend request now I may I may be jeopardizing our current Facebook friend status if she ever hears this <laughs> but Obviously, as soon as I got the friend request, I did do an old browse, you know, through through some pictures, figuring that there might be some, you know, some challenge gems in there. Okay. Uh, I am a fan of the show. I wanted to see what I could find. And I must say, uh, I saw a lot of Tori and Brad's wedding pics and there were there were things there that surprised me. She still has wedding pics up? No way. Well, other people, you know, she's still tagged in some of them. I, you know, it's not like she had like a, a, a folder, you know, she didn't have an album of them. But, yeah. you know, there are still some wedding pictures up there that people are tagged in. I was very surprised to see that Brad in their wedding party, Brad had Evan and Wes both in the wedding party. I would not have expected that. Wait, were they that close? It's funny because Brad that's was just a, at Wes's bachelor party um, that Josh Murray went to. They were all together. Oh, really? Yeah, so I guess Brad and Wes, I mean, Brad and Wes, I like, kind of knew that, but. I, I didn't realize that, Evan. that Brad and Evan were, were cool. But yeah, he was he was a part of the uh, part of the wedding party. Interesting. And uh, on Tori's side, I don't I don't believe there were any challenge alums on on her side uh, of the bridesmaids. But, you know, there, there was a decent, decent crowd there. You know, there's pictures with with DM there. And uh, I believe Paula was there, a couple other people. Um, it was it was fun to take a look back at. And I mean, I better enjoy it while it lasts, because like I said, I'm sure Tori's going to revoke that friend status right away. No, I think she'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> she, knows, she knows I got love for her. I love putting her name out there and giving her respect. So hopefully we can continue. Definitely. All right. So Tori, Nani, Jenna, the results were fairly mixed um, in terms of, you know, what people actually thought. Who would win? I think a lot of Jenna stands really chimed in. There was also a lot of people who really like Nani and they chimed in. But overall, I thought it was a very fair discussion. I mean, most people know our opinion is that we think Tori would win in that one particular matchup. I, I could see it 
being a favorable scenario for either one of these people. I think that's that actually true for all of the matchups we released is that depending on the case, I could see either one of these people winning. I think a majority of the time, though, I would choose Tori to win simply because she's actually an amazing competitor and especially in elimination style settings. I think she does really well. So I think in a sort of dual matchup, she would do really well. Um, she's got above average height and yeah. she's she's fiery mm-hmm. and that always came across you know um she had some really good moments on the show and people kind of cover it up but we we've been over that yeah definitely and it's not a knock on the other girls either if we choose we picked these people because we really thought they could go up against each other yeah um a notable comment from that whole matchup was definitely from irving on facebook i think he really set a lot of people straight you know and made it known the facts and I really appreciated that I loved what he had to say and just laid it out for everybody that you know obviously in certain cases um, Jenna may have an advantage and things like that but people forget how good Tori was as a competitor just because there was this shadow of Brad and in the last one she did um, you know people I guess that's the most recent so people remember her performance alongside Brad as opposed to solo um, so he he put that out there for everyone yeah he made some really good points for sure yeah All right, next up, we had Mark versus Tony, which honestly, I was disappointed in the fans. I thought, I I mean, I think for the next few, I was disappointed in the fans in terms of the fact that they were just voting based off of, you know, who they like or who was epic or legend status. Tony harder than than they did well yeah I just I thought that there would be a little more in Tony's favor and Mm -hmm. not like I'm a huge Tony fan if you've ever watched these episodes it's not like I think he's like the most amazing competitor but at the same time he would hold his own against a competitor like Mark I think in the past few seasons we've seen Tony do a lot better both politically and physically I, I think maybe after this season if he does well physically people would rank him slightly higher against Mark but as of now people put him pretty low and Mark had an overwhelming win on that one. Um, Something that I absolutely loved from this matchup has to be the Mark and Tony interactions on our Instagram page. So I'm just pulling that up right now so I can read them for everyone. If you guys have not looked at this yet, I strongly encourage you to go to the Instagram page and watch Mark and Tony going back and forth because this is exactly what we were hoping would happen. You know, these two, these two, you know, challenge alphas measuring each other up. It was cool. Yeah, exactly. That's such a good point. I think that was really a big intention of ours was to get the cast involved, but not in a negative way. So I don't think Tony understood that right off the bat because, you know, we were adding him and, and, all of that and we posted stats and it's obviously less impressive for him because his stats are lower but to us stats were just to put that there so people can realize that stats aren't everything you know we put them up to show you that yeah this person has wins but don't you think that they could compete against this person and you know what's what's your thoughts on that so that was really the real intention of adding the stats anyways tony comments he goes mark made four finals only one until elimination once in six seasons everyone knows the easiest road to final is not to go into an elimination my first two seasons i left early due to injury and arguing invasion elimination wasn't fair ask anybody that was there dirty 30 was a valuable learning experience i'm now an unstoppable force don't at me lol which i just i mean i just love that because i love i love if someone tells me not to add them like that's so funny yeah, he definitely he's probably so used to dealing with like the typical challenge or MTV kind of fan, I guess, on on social media that maybe he thought he was like just getting hated on. But that's that's not what we're doing. 
when there's so many fans out there that just want to throw constant negativity at the you know the challengers they don't realize that somebody could just be coming at them from a more analytical perspective um and less of a attack which is the point of all of this you know we may have our own personal opinions on some of the cast members but if we ever did cast interviews or engaged with them we are as fair as can be that's you know we don't want to come on here and just yell like a stan would you know we're here to actually analyze the show yeah, that, that's the goal for sure. Yeah, so our response to Tony was, stats are there, but they're not the whole picture. That's why we let the fans decide. We're putting up people who we believe are fairly matched up and people we'd pay to watch Duel It Out. OG versus New School season doesn't seem so far-fetched these days. Anyways, after that comment, he followed our page. And we have Mark came in to chime in the next day and responded, which is actually exactly what we wanted to happen. Oh, yeah. So he goes, at T-Reigns, even when I lost, I won, LOL, money emoji. How about Mark slash Tony versus everybody? So just in case people don't know, Mark made a deal with Bananas to give him that final elimination. Was the final elimination? I can't yeah, remember. so yeah. The, this, is, this is apparently like a you know, a, a tactic of Mark's that he'll, that he'll employ. So on, that was on X's one. That was the final elimination. And apparently he took a cut from Johnny. And that's not the first time that he's done it because apparently on Battle of the Sexes 2, um, the last four men were, it was Mark, Eric, Theo, and Dan. Um, Dan is, is my boy, by the way, one of my all-time favorites. And apparently they all cut a deal together and Mark was, because just of how, how the elimination structure went, they just had to have one person essentially step down. And... And Mark was like, "All right, I'll step down." But on the side, they cut a deal. He's like, "You guys are gonna crush him in the finals. Give me, a, you know, give me a little bit of cash, and we're good." Nice. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a smart play. Why not? Yeah. Um, Makes sense. All right. So then, Tony commented at the Mark Long, "Wouldn't be fair for the competition, brother." And Mark goes, "Deaf light work for us." So that was really awesome. I loved getting them involved. Uh, <laughs> somebody else commented right after, "This is the same guy who lost against Ammo in Dirty 30. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, t- Tony. Tony having a tough time living that one down. Yeah, listen, like I, I give Tony credit as a competitor. Now I think he's really proven himself. I mean, even episode one of you know the show, the recaps that we were doing, I wasn't such a Tony fan. I, I rated him a little bit lower than I would rate him now. Let's say that. Um, so I think his performances this season has helped boost him for sure. Um, All right, next matchup we did, which was probably one of my favorites, but my least favorite in terms of how people voted, was Julie versus Amanda. Almost the majority went for Julie. I think it was just a few people that even threw some votes Amanda's way, which I was shocked about because we're trying to see who would win now, you know, if there was a season now. Maybe yeah, because it's enough. it's realistic. It's yeah. realistic that there could be a season and these old schoolers could come back. So who is still going to have it in the tank to get it done? Exactly. That's what we're trying to find out. So the fact that so many people, I, I don't know. It's as if it's as if Amanda just flew right over everybody's head. Listen, I love Julie. She was all content. I mean, that girl was like nonstop memories. You know what I mean? I mean, Coral and <laughs> Melissa's best moments were, were going oh at Julie. So she was a great target for content. <laughs> Melissa was, uh, Melissa was such a legend. Yeah. I completely <laughs> agree with that. I think, you know, she provided so much good juice for the challenge over the years, but it is really sad that nobody voted for Amanda. When I think Amanda is such a strong competitor and I think going up against them, I mean, it should have been an even vote. So that was a clear bias 
towards just, you know, the fact that she was an OG and an old schooler and people were, you know, either don't like Amanda or something along those lines. Even um, Big Sai was going for Julie. Yeah. Big Sai voted for Julie. We love Cyrus. He gave us a follow on our page. Shout Cyrus, out to Cyrus you know for sure. And if you keep paying attention to our Instagram page now that you're following us, you know, you might see your name popping up there pretty soon. Don't think we forgot about you, brother. All right. I just want to apologize. We're getting some messages about the crackling on the audio right now. I'm not sure what's going on, but hopefully we'll have it fixed for the audio version. We'll get that edited out. We'll see. You never know what's going to happen on, on these, these confangled devices. People sometimes forget that we are broadcasting from two separate coasts. It's, yes. it's actually a marvel of technology. You know, we're doing our best to make it happen. <laughs> it is. It's a marvel and a feat. We've never met each other before in person. It's honestly, um, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I've never yes. met Calhoun before. Like, what the fuck is he it's like never in happened. real life? I don't think it'll ever happen. I'm just going to avoid might, you at all costs. There's scenarios in which it could happen. If Jill came um, into the studio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would I would just drop everything I was doing and fly out there yeah. or whenever MTV <laughs> asks us to to start hosting the challenge recap show. Yeah, you know, we've, we've already decided that you would just relocate out here. Yeah, I'm ready for that. Whenever you guys want to replace Nessa, no offense, girl, you have no hosting. Presence. Nessa, you had a good run. But like, let's be honest, the, the shelf life of an of an MTV on air personality is usually a lot shorter than, than Nessa has surpassed it. You know, MTV VJs only had like a four or five year shelf life. She's True, been Nessa forever. has surpassed it. I think the only who else used to do them? Not many people used to do them for that long. Who was that one chick? I really liked her. I forget her name. Uh, Lala. No. Um. Whatever. I'll have to think about it later. I know John, Johnny Mosley had a little run on the after show. I think Blair, uh, Blair from Road Rules had had a run. No, it was as well. like some gorgeous girl. I can't remember who it was. Maybe one of the commenters can help us out on that one. Yeah, drop drop it if you know it. All right. So next up after Julie and Amanda was Abe versus Kyle. Now this one was an absolute blowout, and people don't seem to think that there's even a competition there. But I think that's a load of bullshit because. Kyle has proven himself time and time again to be a relentless competitor. Uh, I mean, his tenacity is nonstop. He just like keeps going, keeps going, doesn't stop. And people also forget how often Gabe, uh, sorry, not Gabe. <laughs> Gabe. How, <laughs> wow, the mole season one champion, Gabe. <laughs> Shout out to Gabe. Anyways, people always forget how often Abe used to fuck up because he was so overzealous in his competition and how often he would make a mistake that would either lead him to, you know, a DQ or something even worse. So I think people really underestimated that matchup. And there was a lot of questioning of our abilities when that Johnny, matchup came out. I'm just going to step in and disagree with you. I think that I, I allow me to stand for a minute. I do think that Abe would come in you would, and, Abe and just, just crush I mean, this man is, is fueled by craziness. We don't necessarily know how Kyle would fare in an elimination yet. He's a very strong political player. I mean, his political game is, is far beyond Abe's because Abe has zero political game. Abe doesn't give a shit about that side of it. He only wants to fuck with people and, like, compete. Yeah, that's true. Kyle is all about staying out of an elimination. Kyle is all about uh, playing, playing a banana-style political game if they actually had to get in the ring together i mean kyle looks like he's been training but i i feel like able to get him um all right what if it's like actually i was gonna say puzzle but kyle's stupid as fucking shit so that would not work <laughs> <laughs> there's no way he'd be able to do that he's a jordy um listen 
I can see where you guys are coming from, but I just think that people are overrating all of this too much. And it's funny because I want people to vote on how the cast would do now, and I actually think Abe would be a better competitor now than he would have been back then. But people mm-hmm. aren't voting on that. People are voting on back then. And people, I mean, they, back they then they Abe remember. was crazy. A- Abe, Abe on Inferno Three, you know, he beat Alton straight up in his prime. Do you remember that mission? Where they you start off with the ladder oh, yeah, and you had to you had crazy. to run your, your the ladder over to the building and you had to put it on a peg climb up then you get to the top you put it you lay it across and it was like a big race and I just remember Abe taking down Alton there and that's like one of the first times we'd ever seen Alton get beat at anything. Okay, but what about all the times that Abe fucked up? Like, what about all the missions that he DQ'd on? I mean, Inferno One Abe was not the same. Was that Inferno? It's true. I, I can't I, uh, I can't deny it, but. You know, I do feel like we were the last time we saw Abe on Bloodlines, he would have won that season, in my opinion, so easily. I don't think anyone would have beaten him. Yeah, I, I think it's that. pretty clear, and even he himself has made it clear to an extent that he, him and Mike, through that mission for Kara, uh, they had no intention of staying beyond that. Uh, if they had, nobody would have beaten them. They would have been unstoppable. Yeah, I okay. I can agree with that statement. I think that his last performance on the challenge was made to like it was a mockery essentially. I think that production brought him on there to basically like I don't know hurt his heart. I think yes. they literally brought him on there to give him some heartbreak to have the reaction of him seeing Kara throughout this whole thing um, and her thing with Thomas, and that was the sole reason he was there. And I was pretty pissed off about that because to me Abe's always been someone who's to some extent respected um the fact that production is going to take anything he wants and and, you know turn it into whatever they turn it into whatever they want of him and I think he's never been one to try and make a storyline or play anything up for camera he just is who he is and you know if production wants to go ham with it that's fine but and he's given them tons of content over the years and as a thank you they bring him back and basically crush his heart. And it seemed like he was in such a vulnerable state that time too. So I was really upset with that. I understand like the whole TV quality thing, um, but I think they could have gone about it in a better way. I've heard um, Abe, you know, he's been doing a a few more interviews recently. He did a two-part Challenge Mania interview and and Challenge Mania has shouted this out before. So we want to obviously pay them, repay them the favor. If you guys have not listened to Abe on Challenge Mania, I thought his views that he expressed on the downfall of his relationship with Kara and his experience on bloodlines were very insightful. He's a very insightful, artistic person. Uh, He's crazy at the same time, but, uh, you know, typically very artistic people who see the world the way he does, they, they're, they're crazy. It it comes with a price, but the way that he described everything, the way he explained everything uh, struck a chord with me. And I do think that we will see Abe on a show again. Maria Menunos, that's the one. Oh, Greg, good call. I good loved call. her as an after show host. I thought she was so awesome. I always loved she's, her. She's made a pretty solid career for herself. She's gone through MTV. You know, she she stayed in the public eye. She's done some stuff with you. Know, she's done like some pro wrestling stuff. She's made WWE appearances. She, she does well for herself. Yeah, she definitely does pretty good. Okay, so next up after that, which was great. I think we've explained ourselves. By the way, just before we move on with actually the matchups, I just want to say, so the way that we match people up is typically by size a lot of the time. So we really want to make sure that they're evenly matched, you know, in terms of weight, height, whatever class that that world is in. Also in terms of personality, we want people who are of sim- similar personality, similar level of craziness or quietness or whatever it is. 
um, to be matched up against each other. A sneak peek, tomorrow's matchup is going to be phenomenal. It's Melissa and Coral. So I think those two, I mean, in case, you know, if people think that that's not a good matchup, they obviously have never seen the show. Coral misses, I don't fucking wrestle, I beat bitches up. And Melissa misses UFC cage fighter. Misses will knee you directly, like, in the vagina. In the vagina. (laughs) So she's, I think this is, like, a killer matchup. Both like, of those who going would, at who it. would not want to see Melissa versus Coral in the same elimination that Melissa and Sylvia went at it? I'm on. dying to see that. Like, that would be phenomenal. So that's the kind of stuff that we're looking at. A lot of it comes down to really trying to find similar, similar people on all fronts to put up next to each other. You know, you have Tony and Mark. I mean, they're both similarly built, tall, good looking, like just that kind of adonis type creature we want it's like a boxing match like you have to be in the same class and and we we there's so many factors that go into it like we're not going to say okay who would win between mark and Polly? yeah nobody (laughs) wants to see that nobody wants to see mark versus Polly. come on now we're we're talking like realistic matchup who would we give realistic in the fact that i could see people coming back to the show and i could see them matching up with these new school people yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's another thing. We also, a lot of these people we want back on the show. So, you know, we're trying to pull for that kind of crowd. Um, we got a matchup with Cyrus coming up that I think will actually stir up some debate and discussion. Uh, so hopefully that one gets a lot of coverage out there. All right. So let's go on to Challenge T. Devon and Ashley M. So this was pretty juicy. I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie. Devon fucking dragged Ashley through the dirt. You guys better get used to us talking about Devon because we are going to talk about her this entire episode. Yeah, we fucking love Devon. Honestly, that's... Talk with her so hard. Ooh, like, I just can't even explain. Once we get into the episode, you're about to hear her name a thousand more times. Holy shit. She's just like my icon right now. Everything you want in the challenge and more. All right, so let's go through some of these tweets. (laughs) These are funny. These are great. Read them off. All right, so it starts off, we got... Ashley Brooke. Wait, Ashley Brooke? It's Ashley. Um, oh, I guess her middle yeah, name. That's, yeah. That tripped me up. All right. Man, I'm keeping these bitches pressed. Didn't know you was watching so close, sis, but since you are. And then it's a photo of Ashley's ass and her drinking. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good photo. And then Devon replies, where was all of this energy when we were face to face, sis? I suggest you put your hands in your pocket, drop your head and walk away like you did at that time. Ooh. That ass has been tagged and dragged by so many men in these reality TV circles. All pass, sis. And then Devon goes, I'm here for it. Oh, my God. I would think I was dying. That was so funny. And then Ash. Okay, so Ashley responds. She goes, oh, girl, good role model for that daughter. Put your hands down and pick up your baby. Nicole Ramos with some popcorn gifts. Yeah, Nicole, she's stoking the flames a little bit. I respect it. We got a comment from Brenda. Day needs to shift her weave from the back of her head. Oh my god. Yeah, she could pull it more forward. All right, Devon goes, My child is good. (laughs) Devon goes, My child is good. Go raise your pig. LOL, still pressed. I decline the offer to be a part of your delusional dandelions. You're too old to be running around in a click. Cracked chrysanthemums i don't even know what that says that's the one Maybe, yeah. there we go <laughs> but it's spelled weird it's like oh chrysanthemums like mums. Oh, okay. there we go and then devon keeps going she goes bitches got bold with a nose full of coke don't start <laughs> with me ashley and that was tags my favorite her. comment 
It's so funny because it's like, I don't know if other people realize, but we all know they're fucking coked up most of the time. Like, we could just see it. You see Brad's eyes? How do you think Brad gets those eyes? And then, all right, Ash goes, I'd be way skinnier if I was on coke, but like I said, drug drugs fight slut shaming. Yeah, okay, mom. All right, I didn't really get that too much, but uh, to put some comments in there, some or commas, some, you know, some dashes in there. I think she's <laughs> she's just mentioning all of those together to sum up why she doesn't think Devon is a very good role model. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, solid. Um, first of all, you wouldn't necessarily be skinnier if you were taking coke. That's like a way stupid misconception. Um, and you are super thin, Ashley. So, like, what is she talking yeah. about? <laughs> it's like I think you do it. Like, the, like if you the, were thinner, you would be on crack. The parts of Ashley are, are the uh, the medically enhanced parts. So, <laughs> True. So you're doing all right. <laughs> all right. Then somebody else commented that she brought up Day's daughter. So if De- Devon died, decided to mention her father, like she would be wrong. Da da da. But I know Devon isn't trashy enough to do that. Listen, like I don't think she mentioned her daughter in a like dragging your daughter kind of way. But if you're a mom, that's something that people are going to be able to use to drag. So I think that, that was all fair game. I don't think that, that was yeah. such a big deal. They both stepped in the ring. They both took their shots. Oh, yeah. I'd say it was pretty pretty even playing, you know. Uh, Ashley's talking about Day's daughter. Day's, you know, outing Ashley as a possible sniffer. <laughs> I mean, your two best friends, Marie and Jemmy, were just in freaking Mexico snorting Let's it up. Let's talk, yo. Let's talk about Marie and Jemmy's vacation. Ashley, Ashley's ass picture wasn't even the most uh, tantalizing ass challenge picture. ass picture posted this weekend. Oh, I agree. There was quite a few ass pictures coming out of Mexico. Jemmy was twerking the whole trip. And then Marie. <laughs> so I'm assuming, was this a new tattoo? Did Marie just get Hakuna Matata tattooed on her ass? Is this brand new or has that um, been? I can't remember. I can't remember. Was that always there? I don't remember. I think it was it, new. I think it's I, I, new because, I, yeah, I think it's new. I think she was, you know, showing it off to everyone. Like, here, here's my ass and my new Hakuna Matata tattoo. I mean, first of all, they both have really nice bums. So good job, ladies. And yep. second of all, I know exactly what kind of holiday they're on because I'm about to go on a similar kind of trip with my friend to Mexico. Shout out to Annie Salem. Love you. <laughs> um, and there was just a lot of them too, you know, hotel rooms, occasional beach, things like that. So that's exactly what I like to do when I'm on vacation with one of my best friends. Also, I couldn't believe maybe this is fucking with me because she's been on my tv for so long but like dude i'm i'm older than jemmy god damn it i'm older than everyone well how old are you you're so old so they were down there celebrating jem's 30th birthday oh shit. shit i'm already 30 jemmy's older 30 than her. oh my god i'm gonna cry when i turn 30 please don't let that happen uh... shit i already cried i already been there yeah well i'm not 40 uh some people have accused me of being 40 before uh i'm not <laughs> I'm 10 years younger than that. <laughs> some people accuse you of being 40, Zach. Yeah, some people accuse Michael of being 50. He gets it even worse. Yeah, because Michael is 50. I'm pretty sure I know how 50. old Michael actually is. We're friends. No, Michael's Facebook. 50. <laughs> yeah, he's 50. It's like 100% 50. All right, so let's go on. Oh, Melinda's IG. Oh my God. I didn't watch this. You watched this? So Melinda did. I, I'm loving, absolutely loving the new Ask Me a Question feature on Instagram because the challengers are using this, you know, to perfection. Yes, it's so cool. And, and Melinda did, a, you know, she had, a, a, I guess, a few hours to kill and she was just like, Ask Me a Question, guys. And she was going through all the questions. She's just a delightful person. Uh, she looks exactly the same. 
She looks exactly the same from when she was on Austin. Probably better. Uh, she's she, gorgeous. She's like, like aged like a dream. She's unbelievable. And it yeah. really hit me in that moment. I was like, man, I never knew how much I loved Melinda. But shit, like she is awesome. I would love to see her come back. Mm, that would be awesome. She, You know, she was a pretty good competitor. I thought she was just really cute and genuine and, you know, nice. And I loved her and Brandon's relationship on, um, fuck, Cutthroat? Yeah. Yeah, on Cutthroat. I love them together. Like, just the the friendship that they had on Cutthroat was so great. So I really appreciated that. Um, All right. So let's go on to the episode. We finally got a challenge, but all in all, I was a little bit bored. Maybe it's because I take notes while I'm watching them. I don't know. Yeah. This is a point that I've tried to make before where people – People point out how much more competitive and more like a real sport the show is now, how much more in shape everyone is. But as I've said on this podcast in the past, like the older challenges, the older tasks sometimes stand out so much more because like Mm. they were kind of goofy. They didn't take themselves so seriously. Yeah. And maybe that's what they were going for with with the high stakes in the air tonight. But (laughs) but in the end, you know, it was like, okay, here's the athletic task over water competition. But still, like everybody knows nothing can be the giant block of ice competition on on battle of the sexes like, oh my god is, wait my was opinion, this the one where they held their hand on it yes no it's it's the one where it, or was it, it was the one where they had to the like crush had, them each team had to melt the yeah. ice as, as fast as possible so yeah, that people was great. were coming up with different ways to melt the ice tanya had rocks in her mouth and she was scraping the mm. ice with it that's like the gold standard of of challenge tasks for me i would say even uh, the the one where they were had their hand on it i forgot which season that was i think it was battle of um was it bots yeah. it was i think it was, yeah, I I think it was the first battle that, of the season. That have, yeah that was that same era as as well and yeah. it's just like it used to be so much more simple and and from the simplicity they could come up with interesting memorable challenges i honestly can't agree with that more i think just the fact that they're so like you said you know it's it's still at the end of the day it's jumping from rope to rope that's still all arm strength you know just because you threw on a stake on there it's whatever if you made them do that kind of thing while like lubed up and then in a costume and then having to like i don't know you know tack on something really funny onto it like season all of the stakes as they go along (laughs) that would have been hilarious like that kind of shit is what we're looking for i'll still never forget the chicken suits and you know my one of my all-time favorite challenges was when they were on stilts and they had to go and fill up the glass of juice that was classic, <laughs> and, and you dude. see who was it mike i can't remember was it the miz that just annihilated that grapefruit and just ripped it apart and you see jody and she stumbled and those moments were so iconic i mean yeah, we I have none of inferno those too mm-hmm. inferno had so many great missions like, on the original inferno when when they were all on on roller skates and they had to set up the dominoes Mm. um like a roller disco deal that that oh that was so funny that was really sad when they just like missed the one Um, oh yeah the one was left standing yeah it was like on one it was i think it was david burns who they were blaming for like he didn't set it up the right way i might be wrong on that i think check me oh it could be Um, it could have been david i think it was holly no it wasn't it was um, i think i think road Emily? won that mission so so i yeah i think real world were the ones who screwed it up um greg i i knew that you backed me up on my melinda stance uh, I definitely think she's got a lot more to give the show. Yeah. You give her one more. Give her a champs first. This is why we have champs first pros, champs first stars. It's already been established that you don't actually need to be a champion now. So give us a test run of these people. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. You know, I always think um, that they should do a 
very intensive, competitive, sort of funny, old school style competition, but still high competition level of the challenge and make it a mini season, make it like five episodes long, really easy to produce, not a lot of drama, sort of how Champs or Stars is, but do it with a lot of the old cast and just have it be, you know, old school style memories and style competitions with a higher level, I guess, and a higher standard of physicality that's required. Um, and I think that'd be really cool. And it'd be like a little tester, you know, it's only five episodes, whatever it is. So I guess even before we got to yesterday's challenge, one thing I liked a lot was that as soon as Jose and Devon uh, got into the house, they were working it. They were playing the game. They were making moves. They, yes. they were, I mean, Jose was playing it up to Brad. This, this was with, I mean, for me, this was my favorite. This was the strategic move of the episode. Jose saw what Paulie said at the last elimination, uh, at the redemption elimination, and he used that to his advantage. He went mm. to Brad. He said he was playing it up like, yeah, you know, they were getting pretty close and just working this guy like a vet. Like that's a veteran move. And this is a guy playing his first like real full season. Yeah, I was the way I knew how I guess astute Jose was going to play this season was based on what information he was going to tell Brad. Was he going to come clean and say, no, none of it was true. Was he going to play it up? I mean, how was he going to work that intel that he didn't even have, but how is he gonna how is he gonna work what Polly dropped? So I I loved how he played that. I thought that, that was great. Um and then if you look at the way that they're even standing together when they come into the house throughout the entire episode, I mean they are a team. They are like together, just their stance. I honestly was loving everything about their entrance. It was so smart. It's everything you want anyone entering the challenge house to be and more i mean literally it was so on point they were observing they were taking things in they were giving out little bits and bobs here and there which i thought was great and all in all they were just a real united front one of the things that i sent out on our twitter feed last night was that jose and devon are playing the game thus far in the season the way that everyone thought that the Big Brother people would be playing the game last season, which in my opinion, they really didn't. You know, Natalie didn't accomplish a lot in the house last season. Mm. She, she did a showmance with with bananas and used that to try, you know, she tried to politic a little bit. And that that was not appealing to me. I wanted to see them actually work, actually manipulate, actually play the system. And even this season, Paulie and Natalie have, to this point, flopped epically. But Jose and Devon, they finally get a chance to come into the house. They earned their way back into the house that they never got to in the first place. And they're immediately killing it. They're immediately playing this, the political game. They're fucking with people. They survived this. Why do you call it a purge now? Why is it a purge? Oh, how many people? Purge? It was just one person. One team went home. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Stop overusing the purge here, TJ. People got mad at us in free agents in our online season that we hosted because we were purging. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't really purges. We were like doing like two or three people, but whatever. It's like fun names. That's why there was a super purge. If you're going to do a true purge, do a true purge. But don't don't overutilize what is a a cool concept. People got mad at us for calling it super purge when we would eliminate less people than regular purges. But the reason why it was called super purge was because the purges were just harder like there were like five parts <laughs> shawnee and santa were they, they were some tough hosts you didn't want to you didn't want to fuck with them plus sarah although sarah was a very nice host she was like the mm. kind one in the bunch <laughs> she's nice to everyone except me i love you sarah i'm just joking 
No, he's Maybe. not. Keep it up. All right. Next up, let's go. So get a nice little amount of bananas and Angela during the episode. Um, I thought it was really funny, the meme you posted about Derek. That was great on our Twitter. People should oh, check Derek, that out. Derek, I, I know that Derek got a kick out of it. Yeah. Derek, I saw that like. <laughs> I know that you enjoyed. You know, I gave you a little shine. He for that sure likes it. There's no way he's still hung up on Tori. It's not like he actually cares, you know? Like, that guy's so over it. It's done. Derek is... You know, he knows what cards to play to keep getting calls from MTV. Would not surprise me to see Derek on X on the Beach season two. Oh, he yeah. knows how to keep working. He it. seriously was like a, I don't know how he stayed on X on the Beach for so long. It's like, a, I don't know. It seemed weird. I thought he was going to get voted off right away. He was running the house. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Um, all right. So Bangela, that's what I'm calling it. And I'm also claiming the fact that I feel like it's such a, PR driven relationship like I feel like they're both so in it for what it can bring them I mean it's just so funny how mutually beneficial this relationship is it's like when Kim and Kanye got married <laughs> that's a great comparison for it <laughs> it just um, really is it's um, mutually beneficial is the best way I can describe it because it's it's gonna work I mean thus far it's worked pretty well for both of them yeah. Okay. So then we have Joss making Sylvia train, which I thought was hilarious because Joss is like a nonstop worker outer. <laughs> yeah. The, he trains nonstop. The non-stop. challenge is just a big workout video now. It's just yeah, it's like, okay, is. everybody's got to stand around and train. This is this is the big deal. I remember when um, it was impressive when the girls and stuff would train because so many people wouldn't, you know? Yeah. I love CT, but... Like they're making CT's like C- making himself look so hypocritical, man. Like, all right, Veronica, let's work out. Are you going to work out again today? Like, CT, come on, man. We see that dad bod. How did you get that dad bod? Yeah, CT, By, you working out? Are you smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and, and not working out? If I had to guess. Oh, I put a note down that CT and Veronica were so cute in that moment because they're like, you know, Veronica, work out, da da da. And it feels like brother and sister, honestly. They've been together for so long on these shows. It actually feels like siblings. Um, I also had a note for, well, we'll get there. We'll, we'll go in chronological order on this. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoyed certain things about them this episode as well. All right, so then we get into like some Brad aftermath type stuff where we see where it's starting to affect Brad and how it's starting to um how you know the cracks starting to show within him so you can see a lot of that stuff um and we move we move from one of the best plays of the episode which was jose playing up i hope i'm saying his name right because you know we love you in this podcast right here jose so if i'm saying it wrong somebody shout out and write in the comments the proper way to pronounce his name but anyways we see how he plays the info that Polly dropped at the elimination and I honestly wasn't sure what was going to happen. But I guess being from Big Brother, they both do have the foresight to know that that is just not a play they can pass up. You know, they have to carry that on to some extent. Um, so I was really proud with how he didn't outright lie, but, you know, he was just going for it and giving it lots of that good stuff and milking it and sort of saying, you know, he doesn't think that Brittany did, but the way that she was and the fact that she was half naked and, you know, really playing up a lot of that stuff that would bring a lot of doubt into somebody like Brad. So I thought that was quite the move. Uh, and then we... I was very impressed. Yeah, I was really impressed with that. Um, and then we get into the flirting between... Faith and Nelson, which I thought was really funny. 
I didn't think that they were flirting that much. It kind of felt to me like MTV, you know, milking yeah. a storyline out of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Some editing magic. Kaylee gave maybe. them a scream. So I think what they wanted was stuff to preface that and sort of build it up. Yeah. Um, but they were definitely playing that up throughout the whole episode. Uh, all right. So then Faith spilling to Devon and Jose. She was just sort of unleashing the whole gameplay. And I know Faith is probably thinking to herself, like, oh, this is such a smart move. We have new people coming in. Let's get them clued in. Whereas to me, I see Devon's wheels turning. I mean, nonstop. And to me, it looked like she was taking in all this info and thinking to herself, wow, this girl is stupid. She's just spilling nonstop. Like, she's just giving us everything. So we'll see what Devon does with she that. She's playing Faith yeah. hardcore. I loved <laughs> it. <great. laughs> um, and then we have... Devon sort of announcing the fact that they have access to the monitors in Redemption. I love how they played that. Oh man, they, they were they were just over exaggerating Oof. it so perfectly, and Tori was just biting on mm, it. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm just like, man, these just nonstop. Maybe it's the edit, but they they came in there with a purpose, and they were making the most of their time in the house. Yes, a hundred percent. I thought that, that was so amazing. Also, I thought it was pretty awesome because. If you look at how quiet they are about everything, it really shows their experience in this kind of mental type of game. So I thought that that was pretty awesome. So next up, we have the challenge, which was cool. It was, listen, like I have been asking for a visually exciting challenge and I feel like I got one, but I'm disappointed. <laughs> So I guess, you know, be careful what you wish for. But it just felt like there was something missing from that in terms of excitement, because at the end of the day, it was really just a matter of get from this platform to this platform. Um, so we'll break it down for everybody. So you guys know what we're talking about. The challenge was called Shark Bait. All right, there's no vote, there's no elimination. Whoever does the worst is out and goes straight to the Redemption House. That's the sort of twist on this challenge. Um, to begin, they start on one platform. Obviously, they're, they're raised above the water on this crane-type uh, structure. They start on one platform, and they have to race from hanging stake to hanging stake. It's like these giant mock hanging stakes, and making their way through about four stakes and three ropes um, in between each stake and get to the other side, to the other platform. They have to do this as a team, and if one falls, then they both fall wherever that person fell. The winner gets an advantage for the next challenge, which is exciting, but I'm sure it's not going to be that crazy. And the loser goes to Redemption House. So that was pretty much the challenge. The big uh, development here, obviously, and they had been teasing it in the episode, you know, with CT's reservations about his partner. Uh, the, the big reveal ends up being that CT and Veronica end up getting last place. CT and Veronica go, home, uh, go to the Redemption House. One thing that stood out to me right away um, I'm going to stick up for Veronica here a little bit. She's right. First of all, Veronica is very short. She is. She's really already short. at a disadvantage, like having to jump and to, to catch on to it, to latch onto it. Yes. If CT would have thought through this mission a little more, um, what I would have done would have been CT from the platform could have drag, you know, he could have mm. gotten the momentum going and he could have made the meat swing into them and he could have helped Veronica get onto the, onto the beef first mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, i could see that and, and helped her get a grip so that she would have been on it and that way they would have gotten a rope they, they would have gotten one point because she would have latched onto it right off the bat and then he could have 
from there tried to push her to the next rope mm-hmm. and then got himself on and potentially got the you know got a little more mileage out of it i was surprised that nobody tried to do that that nobody tried maybe it was in the rules beforehand and we didn't see it on the show that you weren't allowed to help your partner get on unless you were off the platform i don't know but that would have that would have been the way that i would have gone about it was to try and help my uh, if i had a female partner who was a little bit shorter i would try and help her onto the meet before i went that's actually a really good point i didn't i don't know if maybe there was some rules in place I'd be that happens sometimes. Yeah. There, there's certain rules and restrictions that you don't see. They they don't announce it on the show. Yeah, and we don't find out until later. So it's hard for us to always tell. I think that that would have been obviously an ideal strategy to go about it. I don't feel like there was any rules, although I'm thinking about it now because why would have all the guys gone first? That seems stupid almost. Yeah. Although, you know, you never know with these challengers. They could have thought that by leading it off, they would have more ability to help the person um, competing. Listen, my thing with CT that gets me right now is that he's being such a sourpuss. He's being so negative about the whole thing. And I'm sorry, if you are as good as you say you are, as you are, you know, held up in this esteem in the challenge world, you can fucking Landon and Carly the season out and make it to the final and win with a mediocre to subpar partner as an Adonis. Like, it's just true. You can. Landon did it. And... It's been done before, and they beat out Kenny and Laurel, who were, like, a lock for that final. So the fact that CT is complaining so often, instead of figuring out how to work with Veronica, is what gets me the worst. Because there are things he could do. They just have to beat Derek. He fell. Where did he fall? He fell so early. Yeah, he made it through. Like, he made it to the second rope, I think, and then he fell off. By the way, Shane's stealing my line, saying that Derek had popcorn muscles. I said that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, because you guys are the same person. It's true. Me and Shady Shane were always on that same wavelength. <laughs> All right. So first up, we had Sylvia and Joss versus Amanda. Oh, my God. I wrote versus Amanda and Joss as well. Versus Amanda and Zach, um, mm-hmm. which ended up turning out to be versus Amanda and Joss. <laughs> um, I was pretty disappointed in Zach. I don't know about you, but that seems seemed like a weird fall. Zach does a lot of talking, and he does not always back it up. Yeah, does not always back up his status. I I know that some people there was a there was a comment going around today. I think on Challenge fans where someone was pointing out how ironic it was that Zach was cutting up Pauly, but on X's two after Zach and John A lost to Sarah and Jordan in their elimination, that they went into the uh, exile house and lost to Ban- to Bananas and Nani. Mm-hmm. So they, they did the same thing, losing back to back. Oh, also, did you know that Amanda and Joss were so, like, cutesy? I didn't realize they were just hooking up so blatantly in the house yet. I didn't think that that happened. Yeah, I mean, we had a little bit on that first episode, and they haven't really touched on it since. This was the first time that they recalled it. So I guess I wasn't sure where they stood. I, maybe that, I thought maybe that would have just been the first night, but maybe it had been ongoing be, uh, past yeah, that. Yeah, I could see that. Um, okay, so then we had Veronica and CT versus Brad and Kyle. Kyle and Brad, I mean, they're just a beast, a beasted pair at this point because they're smashing through these competitions like I haven't seen. I uh, Watching Jordy Shore, I don't know about other Jordy Shore watchers, but I did not expect a Jordy to be this good at competition. Although if they're getting Jordy Shore cast members on, they need, need to get Scotty T in the house. He is, without a doubt, the greatest cast member on Jordy Shore. He would 
smash the whole house, both competition and female-wise. Honestly, he would literally bang at least five girls in a season. Like, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you are the the resident Jordy Shore expert around here on the Saniac team. I do respect your takes on it. It's pretty clear to me that Kyle's been putting in a lot of time training yeah, and uh, picking up his end of the bargain on the physical side of things. And, and it looks like it's paying off so far. But once again, I mean, I was not surprised. I put it in my notes. Okay, so you've got Bananas and Tony. You've got Kyle and Brad. Or you've got like these two really strong male-male teams and they finish mm-hmm. at the top again. And I, I know we've both had an issue with the gender challenge handicap so far. After watching a few old seasons again recently and seeing some of the types of competitions that they used to play that were all universally genderless, uh, you know, Battle of the Sexes, obviously that was literally guys versus girls and a lot of physical competitions um, and Infernos and Gauntlets and things like that, you know, where they would have to jump into the pool and gather the puzzle pieces and then arrange it at the end. I mean, those are things that they can do against each other. And I, you know, obviously back then it was a different level of athleticism from the players too, but now you have these roided up guys versus you know, fit girls, other than Kara, I would say none of them are really anything like insane. None of them are like power lifters proper. Yeah. Um, so it's different. And I just, I have an issue with it, obviously. I think that you have to give everybody a fair chance. And by denying the fact that there's obviously a difference in the strength capabilities, you just deny fairness on this show. So hopefully production gets that shit together and we don't see too many more of these, especially not arm strength ones. Well, I hope they figure it out. I, I, I'm assuming they put some measure of thought into it going into the season, knowing the structure that they were setting up. And to this point, it has kind of, it's it's turned me off a little bit. Yeah. Um, Just slightly it, because they can't go at it as much if they're competing yeah. against the opposite gender. And it gender. feels like the, that some of these teams are just going to steamroll through the entire season and just be in control the whole time. And I, I don't necessarily... Same thing as Vendetta. Want to see that? Yeah. Unless it's the level playing field. Exactly. That, that was the same thing as Vendetta's. You know, it was like the fact that it was the Troika advantage for the Troika. Troika again. Advantage for the Troika. Troika yes. again. Advantage. You know, and it's the same thing. Steamrolling through Tony and Zach. Boom. So I hope that doesn't happen. Like seeing, seeing CT dominate on rivals the way he did was so impressive because. He was, he was on the – the competitions were so evenly matched, and he was just that much better than everyone. Was that the and one with them? Carrying, he him was and carrying Adam? Uh, an inferior partner and just yeah. just rocking people. Mm-hmm. Like, that was fucking impressive. And and that's that's what I want to – like, ideally what I would, what we would get to see out of these competitions. But the structure has to be there. It has to be in – it has to be pieced together properly. Yeah. Yeah. I – Yeah can't argue there so we get to the end of the mission here ct and veronica predictably come in last place being that veronica was the only person who could not uh get onto her stake and who but other okay so there was let's let's go over who fell because there was quite a few falls i think veronica got a lot of the shit but there was falls from Derek, who obviously did shockingly bad falls from marie didn't seem like she fell too late either so she just beat veronica um, yeah, I think Kaylee it all fell. came down to the fact that, like, Veronica literally f- fell before she latched onto the stake. And I, that, that's why they ended up with zero. Everybody else held on to that first uh... one and then fell afterwards. So I guess they scored her for not grabbing onto it at all. It makes sense. And, 
You know, maybe if CT had gone about it in the way that you suggested, it would have been a different story. I would really like to, I mean, now that we're super in with uh, with the challenge cast, maybe we can use one of our connections to figure out if there was like a rule preventing them from doing that. Yeah, I'll ask around. I'll send some messages. I'll ask around. I'll that's, ask that's actually CT a good question. myself. I'll oh, contact yeah. them. Call yeah. CT. Mm-hmm. Be like, CT, we got to unpack this. Um, yeah, I think, I think there must have been something there. I mean, it, it couldn't have been... I don't know. We'll see. There must have been something there. Anyway, so yeah, so people that fell, obviously, you know, Sylvia, Zach, Derek, Marie, Jose. Um, I mean, quite a few. Amanda continuing through even after she didn't have to. I thought that was pretty cool. That was beast. I was super impressed by her. Yeah, Just credit going right there. to the end. Uh, what, what I thought, that's another issue that I had, though. It seemed like like the structure of the mission, it was only structured around who did the worst on your team. So it literally didn't matter if they made it to the end. There was there was yeah. like no bonus for that. It would it have been was, cool if they did that though. If they gave yeah, a bonus. It, it was it was like the lesser person, which I feel like it would have been more fair to the gender like to the teams with guys and girls on it if it was how far does your team like how how, how far do you get? Like if someone falls off at the very beginning and someone makes it to the end, you know, there should be there should be a penalty or you know where you lose you know, a certain amount, but you're still getting points for someone advancing further. And I feel like maybe that's why someone like Zach gave up or that's why CT gave up because it didn't matter that they were on the road course. Well, it didn't matter for CT. If they had done it where there was incentive to finish, it would have been slightly different results-wise because you obviously would have had CT go all the way and then it would have been a matter of did two other people go off? Because, yeah. you know, I don't know if Tori would have finished that. Yeah, they, they could have been in a lot of trouble. Yeah, it, it was a, it was very oddly structured. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, yeah. So like we were saying, we have the winners, Brad and Kyle and the losers were CT and Veronica and CT made a dramatic departure from that. Oof, he was so sad. I started out as as this section of the episode started playing out. I'm like, wow, man, CT is, is, is CT putting, you know, is he putting it on here? Is he actually channeling the old CT? And the more this segment went on, I really enjoyed it. I was like, man, we're getting to see some fire out of CT that we haven't seen. We're getting to see him and Veronica, like their actual relationship kind of come onto the screen. And the part that really stuck out to me was when CT was laying on the one couch and Veronica was laying on the other couch. And CT said, Veronica, he broke it down. He was like, how, how many challenges we got between us? How many years do we have between us on this show? And that's what I had been that's what I had been wanting the entire time from this team. I wanted them to reflect on like their actual history, not whatever their supposed vendetta was last mm. season or, or two seasons ago. But mm-hmm. what like their actual history playing on infernos together, playing on gauntlets together, playing like all the time that they've put in with one another. Really yeah. appreciated that. I loved that moment as well. I thought it was so nostalgic and it just made me feel really good. And watching them argue was like watching two adults cut the fucking bullshit out of what a typical challenge house argument would be. And there was zero skirting around anyone's feelings, zero, you know, taking time to get to the point. I mean, it was just as straightforward as possible. It was you know, Veronica, you suck. What the fuck? How many times have we done this? Why are you sucking? And then it was Veronica being like, CT, stop putting this on for the cameras. Or why are you being a little bitch? You know what I mean? It was just so straightforward. It was so like, this is it. 
that is such a great outlook on it and i didn't even consider it like that it was really refreshing it was the adult way to handle it there was no mm-hmm. bullshit they were right up front with each other the one thing it didn't have and i i believe i've heard from maybe maybe it was Susie who said it in the past like you notice that they never really cut in pictures of they never cut in footage of yeah like why not chances. You know, it only goes back to a certain point. And I think it has to do with HD. I think that the old challenges, like they can't transfer them over to whatever format the show airs in now, because that would have been great. While they were talking about that, if you, if we would have cut back and seen them together on Inferno, seen them together in the early 2000s, that would have really put a nice bow on all of it and given you the context of their relationship and the legacy of this show. And I really, I hope that MTV figures out a way to remedy that, you know, transfer over the old shows, give them an update, you know, make it so that you can include their history in the current product. But I think there's also, you know, just the fact that it is such shitty quality. So putting that on TV now, it's like less acceptable and things like that. Yeah, it's just not going to look good. Yeah. All right. In terms of, you know, when we always talk about we don't want so much drama and so much bullshit, right? When I saw this argument, I just thought to myself, finally, like, this would be entertaining as fuck to watch if this was how the drama was all the time. Nonstop, adults bickering like adults, but straight out, you know, put into high-pressure situations where they're in a house together. They can't avoid each other. And there's just going to be none of that petty stupidity and none of that you know going around writing notes about each other whatever the fuck the thing is going to be reminded me of the way that i used to go about things with you when we didn't like each other and i would be like super adult about (laughs) it you would would try and be more petty about it i'd be like shiny listen you know let's cut through the bullshit you know you're just jealous of me you're jealous of of what i've accomplished in these games and we would go back and forth at each other like that zach thinks he's a fucking king even though he's like not <laughs> I just don't understand. I it. am. I am. <laughs> like but medium. It created a a a beautiful, a comfortable working relationship once we got all of that out of the way. And I saw. A yeah, lot of it did because people. we could actually talk to each other. Yeah. Whereas, like other people, I didn't. Re- so I never really realized how personally people took things. But like other people, they would cry at things that you know some of us would say. And I didn't know that that was. I didn't know that that was what was happening. I really didn't. Like I'm. Yeah. I feel so bad for the fact that I actually hurt people because i thought we were all just having fun and then it was like no we are not all just having fun like some people were really fucking upset so i really upset someone today in one of the <laughs> games that i'm playing what I'll did to you tell do? You about it, um, okay but you're still upsetting people so that's just you being an idiot although i mean it could just be someone new listen at the end of the day like sometimes it's really fun to upset people i'm not yeah i get the whole trolling appeal like we get that you're coming from you know two trolls we like that kind of shit you know, having Tony tell me to not add him was like the highlight of my day. I was like, I, yeah, I couldn't believe that. I was like, man, Tony has not dealt with enough trolls. And then he, I just added him. <laughs> I added him right back. I was like, I was laughing and crying with my sister about it. Cause when I laugh so hard, I cry. I was like, and then I added him and then I just died. <laughs> Cause to me, it's like, I don't really care. Like, I'm like, I don't care. Like nothing is personal to me. So it's all just, you know, fun and games. And, and when people get a little bit sensitive and stuff, it's, it's obviously clear and, and fun to see. Um, the groups yeah. has that. Um, I agree a lot with what Greg is saying uh, on point as always, Greg, uh, the 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 editing on the CT Veronica argument was perfect. The, yeah, it, it was because it was such a straightforward conversation, and MTV didn't dress it up. Mm. They didn't cut it so like, ooh, is Polly listening around the corner? No, it was just like they they just presented it to you. There was no fat on it. They cut right to it. They gave you a solid minute or two, and they were out. And that is like real 
That's what the real world used to be. See, that's what I want to see, though. That's I. So it's hard for me to understand a lot of times whether or not MTV is making the right decisions in their production choices. Because I can say, you know, all we want is a season of competitions. But at the end of the day, is that going to bring in ratings? I don't know. I haven't done all the market research to be able to figure those out, right? But last night proved to me one thing about my theory, which is the fact that Grown adults can have super entertaining arguments without nonsense. And if anything, it's 10 times more enjoyable to watch, uh, for me at least, than it is for me to watch like Camilla and Amanda arguing, you know, putting butts in each other's faces. Like that stuff was so annoying to me. It was just boring. I wasn't even enjoying watching it. So last Mm -hmm. night's argument, that was fun. I like that kind of stuff. And that's definitely what I want to see more of. So I was pretty pleased. It goes goes a long way to because... It's people, it's two people that were casted through the old model. MTV used to cast these shows a lot differently. They used to seek out genuine uh, personalities, people who were different from one another, people who would interact in interesting ways with other personalities that were on the cast. Uh, You know, these are two people who were clearly casted for reality television before social media became a factor, before that's how shows were scouted. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, now they're all scouted on um, how many Instagram followers they've got. Yeah, I mean, they just look for pretty people and yeah, do one camera test and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true. It's funny that we're talking about casting because on that subject, you know, I have a feeling that somebody over in production is just a huge Big Brother fan and really pushed to get a lot of these people on the show and won't let Devon and Jose be another sort of Natalie disappointment in a way. So I I don't know what's going on over there, but they are just churning Jose and Devon into this team that I want to watch more of nonstop. I mean, if that's how Big Brother is going to play in the Challenge House, I want them all over the Challenge House. They are hands down my favorite part of the season so far. It's not even close. Nobody's coming close to them. Nobody. Uh, even in Redemption, Devon had like a, a really good line, mm. one, at least one per episode that we highlighted. And now they're in the house and they're just getting shit done. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. So from Redemption House, we move into the night out. I always love when they go out on these things because you got to see like just everyday stuff of how people are dancing, how they're interacting with and they're clubbing and whatever it's cute and it also shows on their faces just how happy they are to be outside of the house because you know they don't get you know i don't think people realize just how secluded they are and how little of fresh air and you know the outside world they gotta breathe in while they're in the house you know it's like one phone call for 10 minutes every week or something like that so it's really minimal interaction with the outside world so when they do go out it's pretty awesome to see um and one of my favorite parts of this whole thing when they were out was the fact that we got a glimpse into how Tori and Bananas feel about Brittany. Um, yeah, I, I was watching this and I was kind of like, you know, Tori is fucking shit. <laughs> like she's talking, she's talking that shit on Brittany. And I always thought that Brittany was the fake one because I, I always thought like Brittany was trying to play up what happened between her and Tori on Dirty 30, where Brittany was like, I thought me and Tori were cool. And then Tori sent me in. Like I thought Brittany was trying to milk a rivalry out of that. But then I saw this last night and mm. I saw, you know, I saw Tori talking shit about Britney to Johnny and it kind of turned me off a little bit. Oh, I liked it. I, didn't... I mean, I didn't like the fact that they were shit talking because I felt like it was a lot of shit talking for the cameras. Um, but I did like the fact that we got to see this scene and I, I thought that it was 
I thought that it showed us where loyalties lie in the house and the fact that maybe I'm just a Tory hater. Yeah, it's possible well, you are a slightly uh, Tory hater. But I, I'm, listen, well, I'm talking Tory D. I'm a, maybe I'm a Tory D hater, but <laughs> clarifying that for yeah, your Facebook you know, friend, it didn't do it for me. <laughs> I love Tory D. I've always loved Tory D, but I never realized how much everybody else loved her. Which I thought I thought it was weird that everybody else loved her because I loved her just because I thought she was super cool and I could hang with her. So I was like, oh, this is my girl. But then I she didn't. She was yours first. Yeah. And then all the stands took her from well, you. Well, I didn't know. It was when I was friends with Lizzie, actually, back back in those way days. Yeah. And I didn't realize yeah. that people saw what I saw because I didn't think it was so obvious on the show that Tori was such a like badass. I thought it was. I thought they sort of played that down. I didn't think that they, they showed enough of her on Are You The One and stuff. So I didn't think people liked her as much as I did. But then all of a sudden, lo and behold, people were like, oh, Queen Tori, Queen Tori. I was like, whoa, she's got a bunch of fans. She got some serious buzz like right off the bat from Dirty 30. Well, people even before really that, her. before when she before she had gone into the challenge from Are You The One Second Chances and stuff. Yeah, on Second, yeah. second Chances. So I yeah. had no idea people were on the same train as me. So I was pretty pleased when I saw that. I was like, all right, there's, you know, people are seeing this as not just me tori is awesome so i was pretty excited about that um but i'm not a stan or anything we'll see your stan colors have yet to come out i think you're hiding it. i'm no like tori deal defender oh five yeah you're hiding some standom. <laughs> oh god i'll stand a few people but i don't know if it would be tori d um all right bananas so bananas and tony i think this is hilarious because bananas is so fucking dramatic about tony picking him during like it was almost as if like bananas forgets the fact that tony was so far down his total and his ranking list of priorities like why does bananas feel like he was entitled to be number one on tony's list but tony could be like his number six right this is the part of johnny that that really drives people crazy you know the way that he tries to reason these things the way that he tries to reason what he did you know, to sarah and you know, you're like usually it, it, it's just a classic case of if you do something to him, you know, that's that he's going to treat that a lot worse than what he did to you. Well, Sarah is different because up until Sarah, up, up until Sarah, the way that Johnny's played the game was pretty straightforward to his alliance members. Like it really was, you know, it was a J.E.K. They had like a code. It wasn't just bullshit. So they really tried to get as many of their people to the final as possible and, you know, apart from the sly move that Johnny did to throw in Leroy into that elimination before that, you know, Johnny up until then, I mean, that was like his, that was like his thing. So it was really weird for him to be in such a lockdown alliance and then have them turn on him. Um, my, my so favorite, I understood why he was pissed about that. My favorite example of, of the Johnny that annoys people, I mean, there's so many different sides of Johnny. My, my favorite example of Johnny kind of bitching and complaining is on Cutthroat. Uh, obviously everybody remembers the backpack elimination, but what I always remember is the deliberation leading up to it where Johnny was trying to weasel his way out of elimination because there were only four people oh, left yeah. on the team. So it was only Derek know. or Johnny who would go in and Derek had just gone into elimination. And I, I'll never forget, they show the deliberation where Johnny's like, I just don't think I should go in, man. And Derek's like, Johnny, you haven't even been in elimination yet. You're going in. And then it ends up being the backpack elimination. Honestly, it's so funny during those times. It's just exactly what I'm talking about now in terms of bananas. Like, he, I don't know. Maybe he's deeply a sensitive guy. Like, like maybe he actually has that inside of him. But it feels like there's so often these 
instances where he sees things from such a bananas only perspective. And I think with Sarah is kind of, uh, is slightly an exception. I actually really appreciated that whole rivalry. I don't know, like Sarah, whatever. I was happy he took the money. I was happy she sent him into elimination. I thought both of those mm-hmm. instances changed the landscape Ooh. of the challenge. It, and I think if they hadn't happened, like, absolutely. I, I don't know. That was just drama I wanted in my life. <laughs> wanted and needed. The show would be very different right yes. now. So I love that whole case. But yeah, he's just weird. It's weird how he... How he is like that. It's like, aren't, shouldn't you be proud of Tony for pulling that kind of a move? Like, if I was in... Yeah, give people props. Yeah. If, if, if they make what is inarguably a great game move, and that was a great game move. I, I, the one thing I heard, I could hear that Johnny was trying to say was like, you should have at least given me a heads up. Like, do you think Tony should have given him a heads up? I don't think he should have. Because then Johnny would have just tried even harder to politic about it. It's funny. I don't know. I think... Ah, that's such a good question. Because in a sense, if it was a really good friend of mine, hell yeah, I'd give them a heads up, right? But Bananas is a special person. You know, he's sort of the face of the show. He's made a lot of crazy moves similar to this in the past. Um, I mean, you know, even back to the island when he was wheeling and dealing with Evelyn, fucking over Paula kind of a thing. Like, you see a lot of that Mm -hmm. sly, spontaneous, you know, surprise from Johnny. And so I don't know if Tony should have really given him a heads up. If it was, let's say, who else is Tony close to? I can't think of his friends right now. If it was Tony and maybe Zach. All right, that's a good one. I would say, yeah, give Zach a heads up. That's a solid friend of yours, good guy. But it was different. I think it was part of the entertainment appeal that he surprised Uh, him. Undoubtedly, when Banana's name comes up, you know, it it does bring up a lot of different talking points. And uh, we've got some pretty pretty good interactions right now on the comment thread. So let me just run through this. Um, Rhonda, Saratoga, New York. That's not that far for me. Rhonda says if Banana's going to be in Saratoga coming up. Hey, Rhonda. Maybe I'll show up. Maybe I'll come through for that. Um, okay, this is some good tea from Greg. He says that according to Derek on Cutthroat, they had figured out the sequence, so they knew it would be that um, that elimination, that event, the, the backpack one. So they were practicing for Tyler because they knew that Tyler would be going in for red. So Derek and Johnny had practiced. Oh. They, they had practiced with each other uh, uh, by lashing two backpacks together and preparing for Tyler. And it ends up in CT, which makes sense why Derek was so pissed. Derek was so pissed. The scene during the backpack of Derek throwing his hat is so good. I I, I need a I need a gif of that. Yeah. Oh my it's god! Like, yeah, when he like takes it off and he's just like he throws his hat and, and he's just like and he's like so frantic after. By that, if you remember, he brings it up at the Cutthroat reunion, like talking about how unfair it is that CT, you know, that they brought him out for that. Well, I think what was mostly what was the most unfair was just the fact that he had gone against Johnny first er, and exerted all of this energy and then went up against Tyler. So obviously, you know, Tyler is going to have a better shot. And I also think the fact that they brought in CT, who was essentially like I want to I would say his prime, if not like that was that was a really I don't know. That was peak moment for CT right there. And then they brought in Tina, who was like. At not her prime. And she gets fucking rocked by my girl, by the queen, Corey I mean, Hall. I mean, that was just so bad. So, the like, it was just such a difference in level between the male and the female, you know, heavy hitter that they brought in. And, yeah, I think in a competition like that, you can't really have a heavy hitter 
do that kind of a thing. It's just not fair. Maybe if they brought in four heavy hitters, like they've been doing, different Um, story. Also, make sure you guys are getting it trending on Twitter. Hashtag Stanny Suiza. (laughs) That's really good. Um, that is a really and, good one. Okay, so so Derek was talking about that on on the uh, the Challenge Mania Patreon content for June. Uh, I I might have to check that out because that that's that kind of behind the scenes stuff really yeah, interests me. That's good juice that we want to bring into this show. And our goal really is to have, if you will, like our weekly roundup of what's going on in the challenge world. And you know, it's not easy for us to get every single bit in. But if you guys have anything that you want us to drop on here. Obviously, we always welcome all of that in the comments, and you can tweet us at Cineac Podcast, um, and we'll throw in that good stuff in here. You know, we want it to be as seamless as possible for you guys to get all of your challenge content. Um, that's our goal. So I think that pretty much wraps it up for us. I think the only thing we need to say is uh, I'm pretty hyped for next week's, uh, next week's episode just because in the preview, we got Devon saying, quote, we go into Hogwarts. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, on top of that, we get to yeah. watch the full Brad and Brittany call. So next week is going to be good. I'm excited be for good that. Good juice next week, people. So let's keep uh, let's keep things rolling during the week. Check out the Instagram. Throw it a like. Uh, it looks like the audio content might have been a little rough tonight. So make sure that you're subscribing to the podcast. Yes. And that you can take a listen to that after the fact. It sounds a lot more clean. You know, we have time to yeah. go over it. You know, these podcasts are heavily edited, edited by the time you're listening to it. We're giving we're giving it to you a uh, uh, raw dog right now. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, people should know that. You know, if you don't want to tune into our lives, we're not offended. We couldn't care less. Uh, at the end of the day, we just want people to listen to these at some point or another. So we like to edit them down. I edit down any big pauses. I also make it so me and Zach aren't interrupting each other if we're talking over each other and stuff like that. So we make it really seamless. You know, last episode was really long. I cut out almost every pause we had in there and got down to maybe it was five or ten minutes just on pauses. So that's the kind of stuff that we like to do in the edits keep it a really nice easy listen for you guys and take out any glitches and and clicks and things like that um all right so before we sign out i just want to say our website please check it out saniacpodcast.com it is live now it's in beta or let's just call it that so we have some forgiveness in case things don't work i think (laughs) it looks awesome you guys should absolutely check it out it's really smooth it's a cool layout Mm -hmm. shawnee proving once again why she was a rich kid with with good internet access lots of lots of resources of it's true it's true i did i had access to disneychannel.com long before everybody else um yeah. <laughs> anyways i designed the whole thing myself st- from start to finish um and it was definitely uh, quite the adventure so i really appreciate that and thank you guys so much for tuning in i'll be signing five star out. reviews please yes five star reviews we like those we like those a lot <laughs>